to Becoming Your Best Version. Today, I am delighted to have on the show Pleasant Slicky, who I met at American University when I was taking a course. And Pleasance uh, has quite a following in the Washington, D.C. area. She is an Ayurvedic, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic lifestyle counselor, holistic health coach, rising Kohenet, which I need to find out what that is, author, death doula, inner voice facilitator, and adjunct faculty member at American University and Maryland, the Maryland University for Integrative Health. She teaches from the foundations of evidence-based positive psychology and weaves the practices of many wisdom traditions, including Vedic wisdom, mystical Judaism, earth-based rituals and ceremonies, and somatic healing. She is the founder of Thrive, an online self-care class, and Lola, a dynamic community-based in secret circles and teachings that cultivate liberation and awakening in daily life. Pleasance is the author of Delight, Eight Principles for Living with Joy and Ease, and the host of the Lola Community Podcast. As the founder of Lil Ohm Yoga Studio, she co- the co-founder of the National Kids Yoga Conference and Septima Clark Public Charter School, Pleasance is passionate about bringing well-being into a variety of communities and connecting spiritual teachings to racial justice. In higher education, she taught mindful explorations, strategies in stress management, and in the AU Community Experience Program. She facilitates mind-body medicine skills groups, stress management, and self-care workshops and retreats. Check out Linktree Little Om Yoga for more information about her work or look at the show notes and you can see a link there. Uh, as you can hear from all of these tentacles of healing, Pleasance has uh, quite a repertoire of healing regimens that she shares with a devoted fan base, at least I know in the Washington area, but probably in many other areas as well. Welcome, Pleasance. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love whenever we get to have a connection and a conversation. So I'm honored to be chatting with you today. Thanks, Maria. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I know a lot of people who follow your work and go on your retreats. And mm-hmm. I've been to your workshops also, aside from the class in which you gave a session on healing and yoga. And uh, you, you obviously have a gift. And I wonder, when did you realize that you have a passion for healing and a gift for healing? As long as I can remember, I have been on a quest. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's inner driven. There's a fire. There's a perseverance. There's a passion to explore all of the areas of life and what they mean and why. And that's the thing that I remember wondering as a little girl, I'm an, um, was raised an only child from a primarily single parent home, which in translates to, I spent a lot of time alone. Mm. (laughs) I spent a lot of time watching people 
I remember being a little girl and being away with my family, with my grandparents and spending time alone, walking through the little town. And I was watching everybody. I remember sitting on the bench and watching everybody. And I think that all of that, what I call now solitude, not solitude time, but solitude time, just like had me watching people and endlessly curious and wondering, how's that work? What's happening there? Like I'm obsessed with family dynamics and relational dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, that's it. It's like, it's from, I think a lot of people who have similar um, backgrounds and, and, you know, have made something, tried to make meaning Mm -hmm. comes from pain. It comes from relation. You know, for a lot of us, it comes from some kind of big T or little T trauma. For a lot of us, it comes from like a deep place within us. That's not necessarily cured or healed. And that's it, you know, is just endlessly curious about healing and wholeness and what that really looks like. Oh, that's so true. It like makes me emotional even talking about it because there's no one way. There's no right way. We've been fed so many bullshit, oops, like lies about (laughs) about, like what it looks like and who you have to look like and who you have to be and all that kind of stuff that I just, at this stage, I'm like, there's so many paths to healing and wholeness. There's so many ways into the heart. There's so many ways into connection. Let's just keep finding them together. I love it. And I love how you share, you really share all of these beautiful modalities that you've investigated and you don't have to, I mean, a lot of people would take all of this learning and use it for their own improvement and maybe for their loved ones, but you really share. And as a result, have so many devoted followers. I think that it's, from the, I think it's number one part of my like soul curriculum, which we talk about in Kabbalah and Jewish mystical tradition is like, what is your kind of soul's purpose? Where are the areas where you fall most in ease and joy um, when you're fully expressing them? And so for me, I'm, I'm within the archetype of the traditional um, like rabbi role slash Kohenet, which I'm, I'm in that program now slash teacher. Because- Can you explain what Kohenet is? Yeah, I will. I want to say that like teachers, like, I don't feel like it's a choice, Maria. I feel like Uh it's like a responsibility. It is my sacred Uh responsibility. Beautiful. So beautiful. That is what we're here to do. You know, standing on the shoulders of our ancestors, standing on the shoulders of all the women and the sacred activists who came before us and grabbing people by the arm, linking arms. Come on, Come on, Maria, this, you know, it's fall, it's Vata season, which is very windy. It's very disruptive. Let's wrap our arms around each other during this time, Mm -hmm. right? Like that, it it feels more like a drive than a like, oh, let me share this thing, you know, for any sort of shallow, like not even shallow. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but in a way that's not, it's just coming from deep within. And that feels like that's the purpose of it. Um, And I think people, teachers, rabbis and high priestesses for all of time. That's what we've done. Yes. So Kohena is a earth-based feminist Jewish leadership ordination program. Uh, Kohen or are the high priests um, in our tradition. And 
Kohenet or is the high priestess or Kohenot is our whole community. And we are a family of siblings who are committed to revitalizing earth-based Judaism and mystical tradition to make it alive in our bodies. Um, we use uh, feminine form Hebrew a lot in our prayers and or feminine form language. So those of us who grew up not really uh, feeling connected to God as a he, uh, Kohena is really a place where God has many faces and names and genders and identities. And we're bringing back, you know, really the ritual and reclaiming um, protection, magic. You know, a lot of people say it's kind of like a Jew witchy because you get <laughs> bring the herbs, the medicinals, the plants, the gathering. So um, in it's a three-year ordination program. So I'm a year and a half in, and then I will be ordained Jewish clergy, which feels like the honor of my life. And it feels like just going home feels like this is what I've done many lifetimes. And it's just bringing together all these pieces from the bio that you read. That's what a high priestess does. That's what ritual, that's what we do. That's what Jewish clergy do. Any clergy is just bring people together within the realms of life and death. Wow. Know? That is beautiful. Yes. You seem very well suited to that path. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear about that. And um, I'd like you to explain for our listeners more about the Lola community, mm -hmm. which I drop in on from time to time, but have not really completely taken advantage of the many wonderful offerings that I see. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, basically, it will be in transition again, because I believe everything that's living is going through some kind of transformation. Mm. Um, goddess willing, right? Uh -huh. So uh, Lola community was born when I closed my yoga studios, Little Om Yoga. Um, and then Lola became the Little Om Life Academy, which was much more of the Ayurvedic teachings and um, community circles. We, over this past fall, uh, created kind of created within Lola the village, which is a community of people really dedicated to holding each other in circle, inner life, outer life. So we do some somatic movement, some dance, some breath work, and then we learn together. So this month in November, we're doing pleasure. So once a month, we talk about kind of the mind aspect, like what are some of the ways to look at pleasure? What are some of the ways that we're blocking pleasure? And then one gathering will be totally body. So that's where we just breathe and do intuitive movement and kind of really integrate. And then today actually is our last session for pleasure where we do the soul integration. So when we take all of the pieces and we say, you know, what's really here? Last month we did the same thing for anger. <laughs> so these are the, the topics that we choose for the village gatherings really come from the community. Um, we usually read a text of some kind that comes up. Um, that supports our work. So we're in the middle of uh, discovering your inner mother, Bethany Webster's book about patriarchy and the mother wound and how as daughters, how harmful it is to be a daughter in the world right now. So Interesting. It, it's for people who want to go deep, not really be fed a bunch of like lies or BS and also bring their own opinions. There's not one of diversity in, in thought and opinion and it, experience here brings so much more value. Um, so it's kind of like, 
you know, bringing back the idea of the village where you'd have someone who makes shoes and someone who runs the apothecary and someone who washes the clothes. Like that's what we want to bring to the village is all the different versions of, of what our lives can look like. And that just brings a lot of richness to our conversations. Beautiful, beautiful. And I am sure not all of our listeners know what Ayurvedic lifestyle is. If you could explain that a bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So Ayurveda is often called the sister science to yoga. Although I like to dispute that and say it actually is the, um, larger system, which in yoga shapes and postures and philosophy come under, um, Arya, Arya means life and Veda means wisdom. So essentially it's about looking at life through the elements. So we study the five elements in terms of patterns of body, mind, soul, and, how they um, really help us find our harmony and flow within our life or cause dis-ease. And you can have dis-ease of mind, body, soul. So Ayurveda is endless. You would never get to the end of it. You you could study it and keep going. It's layer after layer. Um, Lifestyle Ayurveda is a little bit more what we call kind of the feminine form of it clinical Ayurveda. So if you were really sick, you could go see a a clinical Ayurvedic practitioner and get herbs and your pulse read and really have a clinical, more masculine outcome-based experience. Um, I teach within the lifestyle form, which means how are we eating, sleeping, and pooping? Um, What's the quality (laughs) of our relationship? Um, And what's the quality of our relationship to fire, water, earth, air, and spirit? Ah, beautiful. And if you go to lilom, L-I-L-O-M-M.com, she has a little, a shop online where you can read, for instance, her book, Little Little Love Letters on Weaving Ayurvedic Wisdom into Everyday Life. And uh, her first book, which may be Maybe, uh, actually, I'm not sure if it's your first book, but your most well-known book is called Delight, mm-hmm. Eight Principles for Living with Joy and Ease. Tell our listeners a bit about that. That came after I closed the studio and I was really uh, trying to find my voice um, beyond the identity of yoga studio owner, which had been an identity that I was wearing, um, had been wearing for those eight years that the studio was open. And I love writing. And so I decided to, with the help of a a book coach, um, try to lay out some of the foundational principles around attachment, around aversions, around um, allowing and accepting. And I told it, delight is really the, there's some practices that are told through the lens of a lot of my lows, (laughs) highs and lows. Um, and just, you know, a lot of times people will say to me things, I let's say this, I've pivoted careers a lot. Um, I take a lot of risks. I've lost a lot of relationships along the way. And I'm really honest about all of that being part of the growing process and the shifting and the changing. So in delight, I talk about leaving education. I talk about some of the challenges that I've had in my primary family, um, and some, what are sort of classically called mental health challenges that now I think we're evolving enough to understand that human beings have fluctuations of, of emotion. Um, and we are, and that's, and we're sort of normalizing some of the things now that we have 
trauma, now that trauma-informed care, now that we know more about ACEs and adverse childhood experiences, now that we know more about the nervous system, we actually mm-hmm. don't have to continue to label people in these um, diagnoses that were that I grew up with, um, because now we can really work within, well, what's present right now in the nervous system and help with that regulation, um, rather than saying, which was what happened to me when I was 17 um, or 16, you're bipolar, you'll have this forever, you're doomed, you'll be on medication. And that's not been my experience. I've been off meds for 20 plus years. Um, and I'm not saying that's for everyone and I'm not opposed to meds and I think that they're wonderful, but that's also part of what you asked earlier is like, I also like to prove people wrong. Yes. I really <laughs> like to put up my, I'm kind of like a scruffy, you know, like remember in, um, Annie, the first scene where she's running around town, she's just like determined to get out of the orphanage and she's like in the laundry thing. Did you ever see that movie? Like, yes, yes. Yeah. So that's, I feel scruffy like that. Like when that doctor told me at 16, sorry, kid, you've got this, you're going to be this way. I remember being like, really? Really? I don't think so. You know? And so I've spent a lifetime trying to kind of prove him wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, excellent. And one thing that I find really fascinating about you is you got your master's from an Ivy league school Mm. that you, you practice in an area that some would call the antithesis of intellectual discourse. It's Mm. more sacred and more feelings-based and based and intuition-based as opposed to provable science. Well, I mean, there are elements that are provable and um, yes, there are in your practice, but um, I don't think that many of the things that you teach and espouse and work on would be taught in an Ivy League education. So how do you reconcile those parts of you that you're obviously very intellectually smart, <laughs> but what yeah. you practice is some is uh, something that maybe the community from which you were educated would not espouse? Maybe? I think about this all the time. Mm. And I think a few things. One is, I think that's why I love being Jewish because there's so many aspects of Judaism that allow you, you know, there's a, there's a saying that we're the people of the book. And if you know me, you know, I read like five books a week. Like I'm an (laughs) avid, like that's my, that's my books are my love language. Like I just, I love them. Um, I have such intimate relationships with my book collection and as for as long as I can remember. So that that aspect of being Jewish allows me to bring the intellect and that's what I love. Mm-hmm. I also love teaching in university because I love being able to dialogue with students and I love being able to bring evidence-based practices and then riff from my own life experience, right? So that we get both. And the other thing is, I think in the next like however, whatever the vision is of the future, that we don't need to separate science and spirit so much. I think a lot of the latest research that's come out of NIH, and I have friends who practice, um, who are researchers for Ayurveda, will send me their papers. There's a lot of evidence coming out that supports a lot of the wisdom traditions work, whether it's meditation, whether, whether it's yoga, whether it's creativity practices. So 
that's where I kind of land with it. Um, with my inner voice work and intuition work, just to be fully transparent, I, I've been doing a lot with that for the past few years. And it led me to a lot of discomfort because I wasn't sure which realm we were really working in. And I have a lot of sensitivities. I have a tremendous relationship to my ancestors and the earth and my own spirit guides. And I don't know how, you know, there's, for me, it's not about proving that because I'm living it. And I have so many experiences that if you told me, I'd be like, that can't be true. But because it's my actual life, hmm. it blows my mind. So I'm, I'm dancing with both. I love this question because it's so real. Um, again, fully transparent. I'm, I'm researching PhD programs. I want to prove that a Shabbat break for every human is an evidence-based value, like that that has tremendous value for your nervous system, for your creativity, for your problem solving, for your relationships. And it's very hard to find evidence in these wisdom traditions. And so I'm kind of hearing this call to another level of education in which I can perform some of this research. Also, I can't find any good research on following the moon for emotional, especially for women on fluctuations of emotions, relationship, and again, harmony to nature. And for me, that's one of the most profound practices I have is following moon wisdom um, in lots of ways. And I want to continue to share that and, and help people see that. And in our community, in the Lola community, we, so many people have already done that. And they're like, wow, wow. You know, they're having this experience, but I don't have the evidence. So, you know, it's kind of like to be continued. If I can find a program that aligns where I could research things like Shabbat rest um, and moon cycles, I'll do it. Um, and I may just go rogue and do it on my own without a hundred thousand dollar PhD. <laughs> but that's part of the system of oppression. Yes. Right. Like that's part of white supremacy culture mm -hmm. is creating these institutions that are so expensive and then strangle you with the fees, with the paying thing loans and all that. I don't have endless funds, you know, mm -hmm. at all. And so like, I'm kind of wrestling with like, do I really want to pursue this thing that I feel is so alive in the, in the traditional way that right. is so oppressive right. and extractive? Right. That's an interesting tension, but I hear you and I would love to see you lend more credibility to the important work that you do and for good or for bad coming from a doctor and who's done scholastic academic study yeah. it would lend credibility i know i know it's so needed i, I mean I not credibility but this practice these practices yeah. that you help other people learn are so needed and helpful and i hope you do it i hope that you find a way to publish your findings and yeah. i would offer you free editorial assistance hey, very well, good editor <laughs> the other thing i've been thinking about is so I really long to be in co-creation and collaboration. Like that's what I love doing the most, especially this stage of the game. And I know that that's better for our nervous systems and our regulation. I actually know it's better for all of us mm -hmm. if we can stop being so individual about things and really start to um, see the way that we can use collective energy. So one of the things that I kind of heard in a dream recently that I do a lot of dream work was find someone who's already got that and partner with them. 
right? So maybe I don't have to do it alone. That's part of, again, oppressive culture is when we're like, well, I'll just do it myself. But like, what if I don't have to, what if I could find someone to work with? So that's kind of, that's just a little behind the scenes of how I work with some of these things is like, I hear the call and I also hear not yet. And like, let's do it differently. Let's do it in a way that is regenerative for everybody. And as a lifelong learner and student and someone, I love being a student. I'm always taking like four or five different online classes at a time, always listening, studying. I mean, you should see my desk is full of books. (laughs) Um, I, I, there is a part of me that want, that longs to be in, in that higher education setting again mm-hmm. and in those courses again. And I always push, I always sit in the front row and push against the teachers and question, well, what do you mean about that? You know, so there is a part of me that wants to do that. So I'm, I'm dancing with all of that. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, you've answered this in part, but I'd like to ask this question of all the guests. What yeah. do you do to become your best version? Mm-hmm. I love this question. I go to bed early Mm -hmm. so that I can get up early and feel spirit and source and wisdom so that every morning I have this incredible divine intimate date with myself. And sometimes we dance and sometimes we sing and sometimes we read under a blanket and we, oh, there's always warm water and coffee because in Ayurveda, you always start the day with warm water and I love coffee. So like I get to have both right? Mm -hmm. And I just get up and I'm like, what do I want to do this morning? You know, and all those classes I take, I listen to them. So like to be the best version is to really prioritize and honor the, the most important, valuable times of the day for creativity and source and spirit. Oh, I love it. Love that. Uh, it sounds like spirit is calling you. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out from your day to be on our show and sharing your wisdom. And I look forward to our paths crossing again Mm. and again and again. Yay. I hope so. Thank you so much.